Now we're going to hand on to um, our wonderful um, Helene Irvin, who's our Practice Nurse Advisor at Wessex LMCs. And as you know, we do like to sh share some practical good tips that we've seen. And we've got a great practice in Dorset um, that have got some innovations with a new role. And Helene is going to lead a little interview session with, with the team to see what they've done, how they've done it, and what you might want to do in your own practice. So thank you, Helene. I'll hand over to you. Hi, good morning, everyone. Um, we're going to spend some time now looking at the nurse associate role in general practice. And as Louise says, we have with us from the Adam practice in Poole in Dorset, Claire Meachin, who's the lead nurse, uh, Andy Mintram, who's the practice manager. I think they're putting their videos on now. Um, and Lizzie Lungsdown, who's actually the nursing associate. Morning, everyone. Um, so Claire, first of all, welcome, and thank you for participating. Uh, Claire, if we can sort of start with you, really, because there will be some people on the call who have nursing associates or understand about the role and um, and maybe those that are considering um employing one certainly with those sort of the pcn because obviously they're part of the iars roles um claire can you just provide us some background to the na role um so yeah i mean basically it's been evolved to try to um obviously promote nursing and encourage more nurses into um, the profession um, i'm sure possibly many on the this call will remember the um, good old enrolled nurses um, and I, I think it's a little bit of an evolving of, of that role really so that people have the opportunity to come into nursing have a registration but maybe not wanting to or not able to do the full um, three or four year graduate um, nursing program. Um, and I think the idea is, is to try and sort of bridge the gap between healthcare, it's HCAs, uh, healthcare assistants, who we have some fabulous healthcare assistants, but obviously they're not registered. Um, and so they don't have that accountability. And obviously our very experienced practice nurses. Um, and we, we know that there's huge demands in, in primary care um, and there's a lot of shift of boundaries um, around the role. So um, there's enough work for everybody. Okay, thanks Claire. And can I just ask, how did you manage to persuade your, well, Andy, um, and your other GPs that this is a good move forward. Andy's smiling now. <laughs> How do I persuade him? Um, I just really suppose explained about the role. Obviously, we've had Lissy. Um, she'll, she'll tell you her own journey, but Lissy's been with us since um, she was originally a receptionist with us um, and has gone through a significant journey through, um, through um, to this. And um, again, it, it was partly her passion as well to, to evolve um, and develop. Um, and I suppose it was just trying to look at all the opportunities that were available to, for us to manage um, the workload, really. Um, and from that, basically, yes, everyone in the practice has been um, very supportive. Andy, obviously, will say his part. We'll ask yeah. Andy short. So thanks, um, Claire. So Lizzie, following on from what um, um, Claire has been saying, I know it's been a, a fantastic journey for you, Lizzie, and I know that you've had some awards on the way, which, so congratulations about that. Um, so for you, why, why nursing associate, Lizzie? Why the sort of the shift? Um, I always planned to be a HCA, and I was presumed, I would say, as a HCA in primary care. Um, as Claire explained, I started as a receptionist, worked up through phlebotomy. Um, I've never done any academic work since I left school at the age of 16. Um, and the nurse and associate 
role and the roots just gave me that opportunity to attend university um, and to basically see how I would go, see how it would work. Um, and I loved it. I loved the academic side. I loved the uh, looking at the evidence behind why we do what we do. Um, I, I love the fact that I'm sort of the glue between HCAs and the registered nurses. Um, I can help assist with training with the HCAs and also I relieve, you know, the primary care nurses, um, some of their work. Now they, they know that they can pass on and delegate work to me um, and that it will be done effectively and that I'm using all the evidence behind why we're doing what we do. Thanks, Lizzie. So can you just describe to us, because just for people who understand, you know, the importance of the role and how it can be used effectively, what, what would be your typical day? For example, you're in surgery at the moment. So what sort of things are you seeing in surgery today? So I'll have a, a full clinic. Um, some of the things I do are still HCA work, so things like blood uh, appointments. Um, but I now also, I've gone on and done other training um, that I couldn't have done as a HCA. So I've done my diabetes um, training. So I can now see people on sort of more in-depth appointments, long-term conditions. Um, I also, um, like I said, I can help the um, HCAs um, with their training and their work that they're doing. Um, but really and truly, I think the training you have as a nurse associate, you have very holistic training and it's very much around not just adult care. So it's pediatrics, uh, mental health, uh, learning disabilities. So when I see my patients now, I feel that I'm giving them a more in-depth um, consultation, whereas it's very much for a HCA role, uh, task orientated. I could see patients now and I'm looking, I know what the anatomy physiology of their medic medication they're taking. Um, and I can almost pick up now things like the, the sort of the soft signs of deterioration and things that I probably wouldn't done as a HCA. And I know that I can pass those, that information on to the people that need, you know, the GPs or the, the nurses, nurse practitioners. Um, so I feel that my work is a lot more in depth um, for the patients. I feel I give the patient care so much more than I could have done as a HCA, uh, not out of my own problem, you know, as a HCA, but the training you get is just so good and so in depth. And obviously, H um, nursing associates can do cervical cytology. Are you looking to move into that area as well? Um, I chose to do diabetes rather than the like smear training in, at the moment because we're a very big surgery, so we have an awful lot of nurses that are doing that. Um, it will be something, yes, it will be something that I'm, I'm sure that Claire will be wanting me to do, and that'd be great, you know, yeah, looking after our ladies. Um, and I think, again, because I do work alongside registered nurses, it will just give more appointments and it will free up those appointments for the nurses to then go and do the things that I'm unable to do as an, a registered nurse associate. Currently, nursing associates can't do child immunisations, but obviously you can be very actively involved in all the other um, vaccinations and immunisations. Does that mean you work under a PGD or a PSD? Well, I work under a PSD at the moment, uh, the NMC before COVID, we're looking into changing for some of the um, injections that we give to change to PGD. Um, but it, it works very well in the surgery. You know, I'm able to look ahead at my appointments and see what I've got and then go and get that um, PSD signed and sorted. Um, yeah, there's no, no, no pressure, uh, you know, to get that done. So Okay. And um, what do you like most about your job, Lizzie? Um, 
it's a really hard question because I just love my job. I, um, I, I love everything I do. Um, I love, like I said, I love the fact that I'm able to assist the nurses more. Um, I feel my confidence has definitely grown and I can speak out about the job. You know, if there's something I'm not quite sure about, I've, I've got the confidence to say, look, you know, this is the evidence. But why are we doing it this way? You know, what's it benefit, uh, benefiting that patient for? Um, and I love the fact that I can um, help HCAs. You know, HCAs within the surgery have looked at me and I think it gives them almost a boost to think, actually, do you know what? I can do this. I can go on and I don't have to stay, you know, obviously depending, you know, their situation. But if they want to do the TNA route, I will support that, you know, with them every point I possibly can, uh, which is why I've got my... Um, my awards in the last year through the university. Yeah, thank you, Lizzie. Um, Andy, if we can come on to you, perhaps. Um, I, I think what Lizzie's expressing there is the importance of the culture in the practice. And I know as a practice, you're very supportive, you're very engaging, particularly involving you know, the staff. Um, but what advice would you give, Andy, to somebody who's thinking of employing a nursing associate? I guess there are two questions here, Andy, as well. So you as a practice, you've directly employed Lizzie, but obviously there's the nursing associate that comes through the ARS roles from the PCM perspective. So I guess there's two elements there. Maybe you can answer those separately. But, you know, what is advice you give to the other practice managers on listening in today? I think a lot of it starts just with attitude, as you say, in culture and the practice, and that, that sometimes we're so driven by operational need, which is is absolutely important. We have to, you know, we have jobs to do and we have to have the right stuff to do that. But at the same time, if you've got somebody who's got the ability and the enthusiasm like Lissy does um, and, and the supportive management like we do with, with Claire, then actually there's so much more to gain than just by looking at operational needs. And actually, if you if you support these people, they give so much more back to the organization and to their patients as a result. Um, and it's, it's hard. It's a leap of faith in some respects. As a practice, you know, we are very... Um, much under pressure um, uh, to, to, to deliver what we need to deliver and we have tight budgets to do that in but actually if you can have that little bit of leap of faith to say you know what what could we achieve and what can we what can we um, make happen with this um, and and both for the individuals like Lissy that you know you, you heard the enthusiasm in her voice and, it, and it's, it's great to hear that again today um, but actually in, it, it encourages sort of more people to think about where they can go and what they can do with their careers and 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 when you look at it from a practice point of view, there you know there are secondary benefits. So things like succession planning. Uh, admittedly, yes, as you said, we're a big practice, um, but that can bring, it, bring its own challenges in terms of succession planning sometimes. So by growing our own, so to speak, it's, it, it, it's, it encourages much more, um, many more staff to stay within the practice and to, to progress through. Um, and um, and, and actually, reputation as well, it's, it's great because, you know, Lissy will spread the word that actually this is a good place to work and that, that encourages people to develop and not feel like they're in a in a dead-end role. So, um, as we've touched on, we are a large practice, so we have the great ability to have flexibility within our nursing team and the budget, and Claire has full autonomy over that. But because it's now available through AWRS and at, at network level, then even if you're in a small practice, I'd certainly encourage you to, to look at the network level and see how you may have an HCA who wants to develop, but actually if there could be a role for them within the network, and then that could be reciprocated in terms of um, somebody coming back into the practice um, and, and you get a much greater net benefit across the whole. But it obviously does depend on uh, individual practices and network situations. So for a practice who may want to access an NA through the PCN perspective, what elements do you think an NA can, what's some of the benefits that they can bring on a day-to-day -day basis to a practice? So if say a practice manager say, well, I, I think that would be a good idea, but I'm not sure what they can do. How, how, would you, how would you sort of 
explain that? I think, to be fair, Claire's probably explained that will explain that far better than I know from a, from a clinical point of view. And um, again, I'm quite lucky in that regard that I've got the likes of Claire to, to lead on that for me. Um, but I think, it, you know, Lissy and Claire have already described what, what, what the opportunities are. And to some extent, we don't always know what the opportunities are because they, um, we're so focused on what we currently do and what we need people to do. So if someone leaves, well, we need to replace them. I think actually, let's, let's you know, sharing the experiences like, like this he's doing today, talking to other practices that have got them. I think that's the best thing to do is just go out and find out what they do. Just be, be inquisitive, be, be, be uh, curious about what they can do. And um, just because you've not had one before, you've not seen one before or, or know what they can do, um, just go and ask those questions, find out more as we are today. And, and you never know, each network's got its own needs, each network and practice has got its own demographic. Um, and, and the nursing associate role clearly, as you've heard, is, is, can be quite versatile um, and can be really supportive internally as well as for, for patients. So I think, um, yeah, I'm not probably not the best person to ask that question clinically, but but I think it's just be, being inquisitive, be, be curious as a, as a practice manager, as somebody who's in that position to, to make that decision or support your team to do that um, and find out what they can do for you as opposed to what, they, what sometimes the perception is, well, they can't do this, they can't do that. Well, try and flip that around. What can they do for you? Um, and, and like I said, you can often get a lot more benefit that way. Thanks, Andy. So, Claire, following on from that, because I was going to ask you the same question, really. Um, and there are two elements to this. Um, I'm going to ask you about the benefits of the practice, but one of the others is you talked about, because um, you and I come from this background, about, you know, the SEN role. Um, and there's always the challenge within the practice of we don't like letting go of things. We like that power and control. And at the point you said about delegation, something has to give, often when you're reflecting on what we do, how effective we are. So, what about some have you had any anxiety you can see some nurses can't you, some gpns having a bit of some anxiety about evolving this role in practice so two questions really what do you think have been some of the benefits to practices of having a nursing associate and how have you managed those anxieties or integrating them into the rest of the team yeah so i think i think the key thing is having um, an adaptable and flexible workforce um i think like andy said there you know we can all get caught up in historical roles and um a um, a black and white picture of this is what this um, person does and this is what this person does. You know, we're very much in a time that, you know, there's so much work that needs to get done for the benefit of our population um, and where we can encourage and nurture new roles to support that. Um, so, you know, nothing is black and white. There's always boundaries that can be um merged and, and changed. We know that, um, as you and I know, that we've had lots of discussions about the future roles and um, where a, a GPN, a general practice nurse, will sit, um, you know, and, and this gives them the opportunity to develop themselves so that they can support with some of that more advanced work. So whether that's around long-term conditions, whether that's around minor ail ailments um, or women's health or all of these things that maybe traditionally have been done by maybe GPs or or, um, or other professions, it gives them the opportunity to develop and merge into more advanced practice. Whereas, if, so if you bring in um, uh, nursing associates, you've got um, somebody who say who can help support some of that work that was traditionally done by the GP GPNs. Um, and yes, there's always this element of um, we want to be protective um, and we want to keep that work. But I think it's just trying to um, 
engage people that actually in fact, there's so much work there and we want to do the best for our patients and by all working together um, and um, embracing new roles um, we can we can make it a better service at the end of the day and I think um, with Lissy obviously has been our first training nurse and associate and I think you know you know I can only give credit to her as well for for really bringing on board um, some of uh, the other colleagues in in my team um, who maybe had a bit of doubt about it but I think them seeing Lissy's and being involved in her training has really opened their eyes to actual fact what the role can do and I think that's the key thing is 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 you know, if you're going to have someone who is going to sort of take on this role, you're going to bring someone in who is already trained, get them, um, you know, involved with the, the practice nurses that are there, your, your experienced nurses, and, and get them involved in that mentorship. And then they can actually understand what the background training is and uh, that L- Lissy does um, academically. Um, and my nurses have really embraced that with with Lissy. And I think I would just hopefully safely say that I think she's been very well mentored by all of members of the team. And she's had a great experience through her training. Um, and now they understand that role and they can understand the benefits of that role, really. So I think it's just about eyes open and, and seeing how we can all um, work together. I think the other thing we, we need to consider, isn't it? You know, there are so many different roles in practice, so many different titles that people hold. I mean, um, Michelle and, and Helene, um, Helen Clark has been going through our database and some of the work we've done, you know, nurses use 22 different titles to describe their role. And what we're trying to say is the right person, the right time to see the patients. How, what's been the response from patients? How, how as a practice do you sort of say, well, Lizzie is appropriate to deal with this? How, how have you managed that? In the redistribution of the workload? Um, I, I think, to be honest, the patients are very accepting. Um, you know, Lissy, um, you know, probably some of them have known Lissy anyway because she's been with us for a long time and, you know, they've already gained that confidence in her um, abilities. Obviously, um, some of them would have seen her through her training and, and I know Lissy would have been an advocate in explaining to them about what her role is. So I, I you know, I can honestly say, and Lissy may well be able to say, um, I hope no different, but I don't think we've had any issues from our patients. And, you know, we, our reception staff know what type of things they can book in. So with Lissy and as as she's developed further, because, you know, she's still on a real pathway of, of development as well, because, you know, say there's lots of opportunities once she's registered to um, further develop um, from that because she's got that registration and that background um, to further develop. So, uh, you know, personally, I say I don't think we've had any issues with patients and they've just recognised. I think at the end of the day, they just want someone who's competent and knows what, what they do. And, um, you know, as I say we've worked with the reception staff of uh, trying to explain what Lissy's roles and give them direction of what things could be booked in with Lissy. And, but Lissy's very good as well. She'll look through. And as she said before, if there's something she feels maybe is not quite within her remit, she will flag that up before and go and have a discussion um, with her um, general practice nurse and, and you know they'll make a decision between them as to what's the best appropriate action whether to move the patients or whether they come in and support Lissy with with that patient. Okay thank you. Um, there's a few I think questions come up in the box um, mainly sort of congratulations really and to Lissy and somebody else I know on the chat box has already obviously also has a nursing associate. Um, somebody's also said about working under PGT, um, and I think that's probably really important because that does give a little bit more of sort of self-direction, doesn't it? You know, 
with being able to deal with it as opposed to having to go through the PSD route. So thank you for that. There is some work going on nationally just to update everybody on PGD. So we will update you that in the future. Um, thank you all for um, contributing this morning. Lizzie, many, many congratulations. I know you're a bit of a, um, what's the word, advocate or ambassador? He's an ambassador role. for the role this year. Yeah, and I know as a practice, you're very motivated and very keen to look at developing people. So thank you. Um, Louise, I don't know if there's any more questions or anybody else has any questions that they want to, to raise? Yeah, do do um, um, push, put them in the Q&A box. Um, I just wanted to ask Andy, sometimes people say, I haven't got time to train somebody up. I haven't got time to train somebody new because it's too you're taking me away from my clinical role. And how have you got around that? Because that's a question, that's something that comes up all the time. Yeah, it's a good question. As I said earlier, there's an element of a leap of faith here because you do have to invest something both as a practice and, and then for, with some of your individuals who are going to support and mentor the, um, people like Lissy. So you you have to kind of put a faith in, in the outcome. Um, and and, and if, you, if, we, if we sit there day to day measuring the amount of time that each member of staff does, then yeah, you'd never release anybody to do any development. We'd, we would just stay static. So I think... Um, as we've said a couple of times now, we are lucky in being a large practice. We have greater flexibility to do that. But hopefully at network level, people have got the ability as well. Just because you're, you, you maybe don't have capacity in your practice, you can reach out across your network or even a wider area just to see if somebody else can support a mentor. We've done that. Claire's facilitated other members of nursing teams across our network to do training within our practice or vice versa. So um, it's not easy. You know, let, let's be honest. It's not easy to, to, to do that. But I just think the, the reward in the long term is, is, is much bigger than than just having that additional role. It's it's reputational, it's it's succession planning. Um, there's so much more to it if you can find a way. And as I said, that will depend on your local circumstances, but but just do what you can to try and make it happen uh, if you can. That's interesting. So um, Jenny Docks just sent in a little comment, which is sort of similar. So obviously I was asking the same question, just, just saying, you know, you lose the HCA or the nursing associate for big chunks of time. Managing in terms of resources is hard. Um, we haven't found the funding model robust enough. It seems an awful lot of effort in the sense of studying and time off just to do cervical cytology and babyins. Yeah, I, you know, I can completely understand Jenny's point there. It's, it, it is difficult, but as I said, we, you have to try and look at the bigger picture, I think. And again, Claire and Lissy, I'm sure, would, would, would be able to expand more than me. But I think if, if you can have faith in, in, in what you're trying to achieve in the long term, not just look at that individual role, but the fact that you're trying to grow um, a pathway for, for future um, members of the team to come through um, to, to make your, your, your practice and your network a good place to work and, and that people can see development opportunities. Because I think as much as we all ultimately look at the, the the, 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 the salary on the paycheck at the end of the month people want to feel valued people want to feel like they got they got they got um, you know development and an opportunity in their future uh, even more so in this difficult time when we're all feeling under pressure so um, they are difficult things to sometimes lift up and see but I would just try and urge people to, to try and do that and as I said it doesn't have to just be in the practice it can be at network level uh, as well so yeah not easy but I do believe strongly believe and we do believe as a practice that the benefits are, are worth it in the long run. Could I just jump in there as well? Um, I mean, obviously, when Lissy was training, we actually linked in very closely with um, she was actually part of a, a pool hub of uh, trainees. And what we did was actually we swapped. So we provided um, placements for Lissy's colleagues that were coming from other areas. Um, so as much as, yes, they can't, they, they, they're not to come in and do that full work. You still gained um, some benefits from that of having somebody in. 
and also some of their placements can be done within your local services as well so um, you know it might be that they you know they can do something within your practice um, as 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 well um, in that that thing but I think it's about investment for the future I mean we know that in general practice, there's not going to be enough general practice nurses in the future. So we, we need to look wider and have that wider thinking instead of, um, I know myself, lots of people, you know, struggle to get general practice nurses and even to do cytology, you still need training to do baby IMS, you still need training. So you're going to have to invest in training, whether you go for a general practice nurse or a trainee nurse and associate. So I yeah. think it's just trying to see the benefits of it. Thank you. And thank you so much, Helene, um, Claire, Andy and Lissy. That was a really interesting discussion and um, it was great. And congratulations again, Lissy. You're obviously a marvellous ambassador for your role and it was lovely to hear from you. Thank you. Sorry, can I just add, we do have quite a lengthy section on our LMC website around the role of a nursing associate with some background information. So if anybody is interested, um, please feel free to access that. Yeah, good point, Helene. Thank you.